Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. Today we're looking at episode number 40. Multiple levels in the same class? Should you have more than one level in the same swim lesson class? Now we're talking about level 1, level 2, level 3, level 4, swim team. Should you put them all in the same group at the same time? And what happens if you have someone that doesn't show up for work that day? How can you combine skill levels to teach quality lesson? Let's find out. Let's get started. That's right. We are talking about having multiple levels in our swimming lessons and what we can do to effectively teach to the student in a way that isn't disruptive or distracting to each of the participants in that class. Now, this comes out of a swim lesson that we taught uh, over the weekend, and we had a level three and a level two in the same class, and we're gonna talk about how we work together to teach individually to each person and get the best results for all of them. Now, the first thing we wanna talk about or we wanna ask ourselves is, is this, can this be done? And not only can it be done, but can it be done effectively or can it be done well? And that's a really important question because if it's not done well, we don't wanna do it in our swim lessons, obviously. We wanna be teaching the best swim lesson we can to each individual in each class. So is this something you can do? Generally, the answer is yes. Generally, you can do this depending on the strength of your teacher depending on how you have your program set up. For level two and level three, it's a lot easier. For a level one and a level two, you can do it, but it's not ideal. And we would not combine a level one and a level three. Now, what does all that mean? Uh, We're gonna define level one as, does the child or the participant go underwater? And if they don't, and they're level one. If they do, we assume that they do regularly and on their own often, and they can be in level two where they're learning how to move along the surface of the water horizontally. Level three, we assume that they can go underwater, they can move on their own, and they have some understanding of what front crawl arms are. What we're teaching in level three is breathing to the side. And finally, in level four, We assume that the swimmers can breathe to the side and we're working on distance and breaststroke and butterfly. So now that we have those assumptions, level one, go underwater, level two, move on your own, level three, turn your head to the side to breathe, and level four, you can breathe and we're working on more complicated strokes. Those are just the most basic guidelines for the swimming ideas levels. And we wanna look at how you can combine those into one class. And if it's important or if it's useful, if you can actually do it or if you should avoid it at all costs. So uh, and we're talking about this because this happened in the lessons that I taught over the weekend. And I thought that would be useful for you in your programs. If for some reason you don't like this episode or you don't like hearing about this topic, please send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. Uh, and we also have Facebook. So if you want to look at us at Swimming Ideas, you can connect with me and 
uh, our team on Facebook. So uh, let's go in some uh, discussion about what happened in this swim lesson and why it came about. Uh, so we're a little bit short on our staff right now, so we had one less person show up to work, and we had to combine one of the classes into uh, from two classes into one, so there were three kids in this class. And it was typically separated out because one of these kids is significantly better at swimming. He's a, what we call a level three. He can turn his head to the side to breathe. And the other two swimmers in the class were level two, which means they might be able to turn their head to the side, but without any actual ability to do it repeatedly and easily. So we're talking about front crawl here. Uh, moving your arms over the water, and when you need to breathe, continuing your stroke and turning your face to the side. Like I said, one person in the class could do it, and two could not. So how did I go about teaching this class? And uh, the beauty of this is that level two and level three are relatively very similar, right? They're working on generally the same principles. Uh, for the most part, keeping your body straight, aiming your face to the bottom of the pool, making sure your arms reach into position 11. And if you don't know what position 11 is, we go in-depth in position 11 on Swimming Ideas Podcast number one, position 11, and Swimming Ideas Podcast number 39, which was released last week, revisiting position 11. And there are some great links and descriptions on what that is in those podcasts. Uh, or in the lesson plans, which you can find on our website as well. So we're generally working on pretty much the same things. Body position, position 11 arms, putting your face down, kicking to make yourself move, and using your arms in a front crawl motion to make yourself move forward. And the difference is one can do it for a short distance because they can't breathe. The other one, or they can lift their head up, which isn't what we're teaching. The other one can turn their head to the side to breathe uh, with ease and go significantly farther. So how do you teach to these two different ability levels uh, in the same class? And that's the beauty of the short distance cheat sheet, which is, which specifically just says, use short distances and specific numbers of strokes to practice lots of times. So if you have seen the short distance cheat sheet, which you can get uh, on in the swimming uh, the Swim Lesson Starter Kit or the Complete Lesson Package. I think there's also a few graphics of it at the website swimminglessonsideas.com. Uh, you'll see that the format of most activities and in the Swim Instructor Training Workbook, most of those 15 essential swim skills, most of those skills that you do in a short distance are done in this general format. Three times. Everyone goes three times. Do something and do something else. <laughs> That's basically the format. And it needs to be connected. So typically it is, everybody goes three times, do a streamline, do that first something, and do three strokes of freestyle, that second something. So the format, again, is three times, everyone goes three times, do something, and then do something else too. And generally as an example, three times, streamline, and do three strokes of freestyle. And that's literally as concise and specific as we can be to say what we're gonna do in that activity. They're gonna push off the wall and streamline 
Streamline itself is an event, so it's going to take them two to three yards. Like, you know, that's a front glide. That is an underwater front glide. And then when they get to the surface, keep your body straight and do your three strokes of freestyle. And we don't want to do any breathing here because what we're focusing on is we're teaching that streamline is an, is, is an event and those three strokes are making you move forward, right? So there's the streamline portion that makes you move and then there's the swimming portion which makes you move and they're separate. They're two different things. And that's kind of the idea of what the uh, short distance work, skill work is based on, right? Do something a lot, do it three times. And then here are the two key things that you need to do. And we can swap out different things. Do streamline with freestyle kick. And then the second something is to do a flip. So everybody goes three times, do a streamline, and then do a flip. Or we can say streamline, do position 11 for 10 kicks. Or everybody goes three times, do a streamline, and then do two strokes of butterfly. Right. So we can mix and match different pieces there. And it's typically always streamlined first and then something else. And then we want to be specific. So what did we do in this class, right? So how did, how did I take this short distance training and apply it to this level two slash three class that I had where I had one level three swimmer and two level two swimmers. And what I did was I used these short distance training segments. So we started out with streamlined because I wanted to make sure everyone was on the same page. So we just did three times streamline. And the more time you spend on streamline, the it's great because it's an excellent essential skill. Uh, and everyone did streamline, we worked on three things. Looking down, kicking, uh, keeping your arms straight. Sorry, squeeze. I'm getting confused. We worked on three things for streamline. It was looking down, squeezing your ears with your elbows, and locking your thumb over your hand. So you make a pancake with your hand and then you wrap the thumb around the top, locking it in. And so we worked on those three things. And, and those are really useful because if you get in the habit of doing those three things, you'll do them when you swim and you won't have to worry about, oh, that person's lifting their head up. Oh, their arms aren't in the right position, you know? So if they can do those three things, then it will translate into other skills as well. So that's why we did it with these two groups, even though it could be considered a pretty easy skill. Uh, for the more advanced person, uh, they went underwater and did their streamline and got to the surface. Even the level twos can go underwater first and then push off the wall. It's a little more difficult for them to do, but they could do it. Uh, and then we, we built up on that, right? So we did streamline. We set up the format. Everyone goes three times. First person goes from this position. They go this far. They move over. They return. It looks kind of like a square or a rectangle, right? So you're pushing down on the right-hand side of the lane. You move over to the left, and you get back in line. And then you do it again. So you're constantly circling through here. Uh, then after that, we added on to it. Uh, we did three times streamline plus three strokes of freestyle. And again, we were looking at those, you know, is the head in position? Is it looking down? Are the arms reaching to position 11 with each arm stroke? Are the arms, uh, the hands locked on the streamline? Are the ears squeezed? When they're swimming, is are they kicking their feet? Is their body in the correct line, right? Is it nice and long versus wibbly wobbly like a snake? So we want to make sure that we, uh, were, I was giving feedback, but we just kind of built up on it. So we did a streamline plus three strokes. And again, for our level three swimmer, 
that's not necessarily pushing the limits of their ability, right? You know, they can do this already. They can turn their head to the side to breathe. But what it does is it gives them an opportunity to do something a little bit differently. They get a chance to focus on a short distance. They, own, they know that all I got to do is streamline in three strokes. And then you can play with that. Are they going to move their arms quickly? Are they going to move their arms long? Are they going to do slow arm strokes with long reaches? Maybe this swimmer does short arm strokes. In this case, this kid was kind of all over the place. He was flailing, right? So his arms were splashing the water in a different place every time. And we really worked on, you know, he could turn his head to the side to breathe, but he couldn't put his hands in the correct place with each stroke. So he was kind of wibbling and wobbling all around uh, and making a big splash cloud as he was moving forward. So we kind of worked on reducing that. So even though he's ready to be learning or working and practicing on turning his head to the side to breathe, we were still just focusing on what you would technically consider strictly level two skills, streamlining and moving your arms without breathing, which is great, which is fine. That's okay. So at this point, we still have two different levels doing the same activity without any issue of crossover or uh inappropriate less level ability teaching, right? Uh, so we did that, it worked really well. And then we added uh, the next bit, which was turning the head to the side to breathe. Now the level three kid can already do this, right? It's not perfect, but he can do it on a regular basis and he can do it well enough uh, to move himself about half the distance of the pool. The other two people have no ability to turn their head to the side to breathe. And this is a little bit outside of their comfort level, but Here's what we can do with the shorter distance training to actually get a good result out of this. So we had we did uh, turn your head to the side over your shoulder, so standing upright, right? So you're standing on the ground. So bear with me here. Put this in your mind. You're in the pool. The kids are standing in the shallow end or they're standing on a bench, and they just simply turn their head over one of their shoulders, right? So they're looking over their shoulder, and then look forward again and reset. And we went very slowly and we did 10 of these. 10 to the right shoulder, let's say. 10 times, turn your head to the right. And then we did five times, turn your head to the left. So turn your head to the left, put it over your shoulder, and do five times to your left. And we did, um, and from there we did, again, back to the short distance training set, right? Three times, do something and then do something else we made it just a little bit more complicated. And you can see this in the short distance training workbook, uh, the short distance cheat sheet, and you can see this in the swim instructor training workbook. So when you're going through learning how to turn your head to the side to breathe, this is actually part of that progression, which you see. And it's also reflected in the level two and level three and level four swim lesson plans that you can get in the starter kit or in the complete lesson program. So we did streamline. We did streamline with three strokes, and then we did streamline with five strokes and one breath. So we've already practiced turning our head to the side to breathe, right? So turn your head over your shoulder uh, and take a breath. Then we just added to what we were already doing. We had already done streamlines. We had already done streamlines with strokes. Now we're doing streamline with five strokes. We're going a little bit farther, and you must take one breath. And when you take that breath, you want to turn your head to the side to breathe. And what's important here is that it's an attempt. They get three attempts to do this, right? What we're doing, as long as you know what we're doing, streamline, five strokes with a breath, 
then we can work on the format. We can work on the technique of it. Once we have that repetitive basis set in place, then the swimmers and the participants, they, they know the framework, right? They know the system and we can just swap in pieces and that system is always the same. The system is in place. And then once you have your system in place, once you have this framework of everyone takes a turn and you're going to get to go more than once and you're going to get feedback every time you go that's, that's specific and important to you. So then the next time you go, you can address and correct it, hopefully with feedback addressing and correcting what you were talking about. All right, so if someone pushes off the wall, they don't lift, they lift their head up, they look forward like most people do, and you tell them, hey, you know, you lifted your head up when during your streamline, and when you did your swimming, you were looking forward, so you couldn't really turn your head to the side to breathe. You would say, hey, you're looking forward. Next time, make sure you point your face down to the bottom of the pool. And in my case, I would draw a circle around my face and point to the ground. You know, I'd like to do the visual cue and the uh, verbal cue. And if you have that in place, you have this system where they go repetitive times and you have this targeted feedback and the actions are well understood, streamline, five strokes of freestyle, one breath to the side, right? Streamline, three strokes of freestyle, three times do a streamline, right? When you have that in place, you can fairly easily then go ahead and give that specific targeted feedback to the individual. And in this case, you can give that specific feedback to the level two kids and the level three kids that are in that class with you. So in my case, I we did this activity which was just out of reach of the level two kids, but well within the reach of the level three kids and I can targeted specific feedback to each person based on their individual ability, right? So I wasn't really focusing too much on the breathing for the level two kids, more on Make sure your arms are coming over the water. Make sure you're reaching into position 11 position. Remember to kick. You know, general ideas that we were working on. And when it was the level three kids turn, we were talking about arm position where it hits the water because like I said earlier, he was really sloppy and all over the place. Um, and then turning his head to the side to breathe in the correct way, right? You wanna keep your cheek in the water. You don't wanna be lifting your head up and down. You wanna make sure that it's to the side and then looking, rotating down immediately. So we could combine levels in this case and apply it to both because our framework was such that we could incrementally increase the difficulty but still make it accessible to level two kids and the level three child. If you have questions about this, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on this use of the short distance skill training. I don't really have a good name for it. It's high repetition and small incremental skills. Typically, do something and then do something else. And generally, that first something is always a streamline, and the second something is some type of combination of swimming or kicking, right? Or short distance stuff. Streamline and then do 10 kicks in position 11, so a drill maybe for a short distance. And you wanna do it lots of times, and the coach should or the swim instructor should be giving feedback on each opportunity or each attempt. So I wanted to hear your feedback on this. If this is something that you've done or you've worked on, do you do uh, short distance skill work for your swim lessons? Do you do it for your, your, generally all of swim lessons is this, but the format is a little bit different. Do you use it in your swim lessons? Do you use it on your swim team? Let me know. Send me an email, 
jeff, J-E-F-F, at swimmingideas.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas or on Facebook, Swimming Ideas. All right. So finally, I just want to touch on this uh, at the end. We don't combine level one and level three. Right? We're not going to combine a child that doesn't go underwater with someone that swims. Not doesn't have to be perfect, but swims on their own and able to turn their head to the side to breathe. We're not going to put those two groups together. Now, for the most part, you can get away with level one, level two, because they're close together, right? The separator here being they go underwater. You can do some of these same skills with a child that doesn't go underwater. It's a little more, it's significantly more instructor intensive, which means the instructor needs to physically support those level one kids at the surface of the water so they're not going underwater and they can still participate, right? So the hand on shoulder supported hold, which is actually position 11. We can do the hand on hand hold where the hand is holding the belly, the belly and the hands uh, are held by the other hand. So we can, we can modify our involvement as an instructor with the swimmers. So we can do glides where the level two kids do them on their own or they do them to the instructor uh, initially on their own. And then the level one kid needs to be supported throughout. So we can do that, but we can't skip a level in between, right? We can't mix level one with level three. We wouldn't want to mix level two with level four. Right? The jump is too much there. We don't want to be combining groups with a gap in between. Ideally, we don't want to be combining level groups at all if we can. But if we have to, we can do level two with level three. We can do level three with level four. We can do level one with level two, but we can't mix one and four or one and three, right? There's a gap in between that we just can't have. We don't want to have that space. You know, it can't be one, three. It has to be one, two. I want to know what you think about this. Have you ever had an, an example where you had to have two levels in one class? And I mean, did you... Was there a time when you needed to have one teacher with multiple ability levels at the same time? And we just use level, level one, level two, as a way to gauge progress, right? So our progress is based on, do you go underwater? Can you move through the water with your body straight? Can you move through the water with your body straight and breathe to the side? Can you do all that on your own and you, do you, are you ready for flip turns, right? So that's kind of what we're looking for when it comes to our different levels, levels one, two, three, and four. And if you want to be on our swim team, you have to swim one full length, turning your head to the side to breathe, and one full length on your back. Uh, and that's really the only qualifications that we have. We can teach breaststroke. We can teach butterfly on our, on our swim team. So do you do this? Do you combine levels into one class with one teacher? Is there ever an example where it's okay? Or is it a, a complete no-no? Here are some challenges that we have in our program. Do we have enough staff adequately trained at that time? And I feel like this is an this is a problem for everybody. You know, do you have enough qualified people to do a good job? You know, sometimes you had to fire someone or you uh, have a heavily vested or invested in high schools 
and the your staff has an after-school sport, and most of your swim lessons are after school, so uh, you lose some of your staff to after-school sports, and you haven't replenished them, and so you have a deficit in your instructors. Maybe you need to combine classes. Maybe you need to cancel classes that weren't running full that you were running before. You know, these are all sp swimming lesson-specific things that we can talk about if there's interest in it. And maybe we'll talk about when is the right time to cancel a swim lesson uh, if you don't have enough people enrolled? You know, maybe that's something that we should do. Or how you, you know, here, here's why I was teaching recently was, number one, I like to teach uh, regularly to keep up on my skills. Uh, number two, uh, in this case, over this weekend, it was because we were short on staff. And part of that reason is because we have a heavily... Um, leaning towards a high school staff. So most of the people that work with me are in high school. And finally, we had, um, we do our registration based on time and day. So when you register for a class with our program, you're registering for that time and that day. You're saying, I'm going to sign up for Tuesday at three o'clock and that's the time that I'm going to come and we don't care what ability level you are we're just going to put a maximum on the number of people that can be at that time slot in our case we say 15 because our pool is kind of small so at Tuesdays at three o'clock there's 15 people that can be there and of those 15 people we don't know what level they're going to be right until they show up to class or if they've been with us before we have a record of their um, level and their ability so we know where they're at in their progress but for the most part, we don't know who's going to sign up for what day. So we need to make sure we have enough teachers to teach each level, so at least four, at that time. Sometimes we will, you know, overload the first shift to make sure that we have enough people for all those different levels. And typically some people fall into level one, level two, and level three. And generally we can separate out then even further into are they, you know, maybe we have eight level two kids and four level one kids. We're going to take the higher level two kids and put them in a group. We'll put the lower level two kids and put them in a group and we'll put the level one kids together. Right. So we have a lot of flexibility and we can minimize the amount of people in our classes when we do it this way. And it makes it a lot easier for people to register for our program and to not worry about what time, what, oh my gosh, what level is my kid? You know, the parents, they don't always know because, or they may overestimate or they may underestimate. We take that out of their hands. They don't have to worry about it. They just need to show up and we'll give them the appropriate lesson at the correct time. But sometimes it causes these imbalances in levels and abilities and sometimes we need to merge. Maybe we have 15 kids, three instructors, five people in each class, and there's one kid that's an outlier. We're going to put that one kid not with his own teacher. We're going to put him in the rest of the class and make sure that we're teaching to his ability and we're doing activities that make use of short-distance repetitive skill work so we can give him specific targeted responses based on his personal ability, where the other kids, you know, maybe they... You know, maybe Sally doesn't need, you know, support on not going underwater, but Johnny does. So we can give that specific targeted feedback based on this short distance skill work. I want to know what you think. How do you do your registration? How do you do it? What do you think of putting multiple levels at the same class? Connect with me on Twitter. I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent here at the end, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. 
once again, just let me know what you think. Do you ever put multiple levels in one class? We'll make it that simple. Send me an email, Jeff at Swimming Lessons Ideas. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Jeff at SwimmingIdeas.com. Connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas or on Facebook, Swimming Ideas. And here's the question. Do you put multiple levels in the same class? Do you put level one and level two together sometimes? Do you put level two and level three together sometimes? I'd like to know. How do you handle that situation? What do you do in your program? And I thank you for listening to this podcast. Your listening is why we do this every week. And if you have questions or want to see something in the podcast, please connect with me. Email, Facebook, Twitter. I'm active on all of them. And thank you again for listening and interacting with Swim Lessons. Together we can make better Swim Lessons tomorrow. Take care.